Welcome to Anticdotes, a podcast where we hear from ants who are making a difference in their nieces and nephews' lives and who are learning life lessons along the way. Hear new ideas about how you can connect with your nieces and nephews and become the favorite aunt. I'm your host, Heidi Fry. We have Teresa Beard joining us on the podcast today. Teresa is a writer, podcaster, and consultant from Western New York. She hosts Shit That Scares Me, a podcast about all of the scary things in this big, scary world. A lifelong fan of all things offbeat and strange, Teresa's podcast covers the whole spectrum of scary things, from ghosts and aliens to murders and existing in the world as a disabled person. Teresa is passionate about makeup, human rights, and good coffee, and in her free time enjoys reading and road trips. Teresa is an aunt to 18 nieces and nephews between the ages of 2 and 20. Thanks for joining us today, Teresa, to talk about your experiences as an aunt. How did you feel when you became an aunt? Uh, terrified. (laughs) (laughs) I had, uh, at that point when my nephew was born, he's 11 now, I had never really spent any time with kids other than like in passing since I was a kid. So he was born when I was 28 and I can remember finding out my sister was pregnant and absolutely panicking (laughs) (laughs) because I I knew that I was going to want to have a, a close relationship with him, but like when he was a baby, like I had never changed a diaper, nothing. So I kind of freaked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I think my niece was the first diaper I ever changed. Cause I was never like that babysitter or anything. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, when I was a teenager, I babysat like we all do. Um, but it was never for very small children. It was always for five, six year olds. So that was kind of like my you know, they come out five years old. So, uh, yeah, it was so scary. And I think I was almost as scared as my sister was. <laughs> Cute. And how did you become an aunt to more than just your biological niece and nephew? My partner, when we got together almost six years ago, I sort of inherited his nine nieces and nephews, you know, and I was never the kind of person who was like, well, I'm only dating the person. I'm not dating the family. He's very close to his family and they're very important to him. So they're very important to me. So that's how I got nine of them. Um, (laughs) And the other ones were just like, you know, over the course of like lifelong friendships, you know, people grow up, they get married, they have kids. And it was sort of never a question that I would be as involved in their kids' lives as I were in their lives. So my, my best friend who now has a 12 year old daughter and a two and a half year old son, we've been best friends since we were 14 years old. So it was, we always knew it was going to happen. Eventually we lost touch for a few years, uh, when her daughter was younger, but you know, from the time that we reconnected, it was sort of like instant niece. And how do you balance giving attention to all of your nieces and nephews? Oh, it's so hard. There's so many of them. Um, <laughs> I sort of have to prioritize it like whoever needs me the most at any given time. It's a lot easier now that the older ones 
have phones and I can call them and text them and have relationships with them independently of their parents. But, you know, when I'm home visiting, because I live uh, about four-ish hours from my hometown where most of them live, when I'm home visiting, it's like, who has the most going on in their life? Who is having like big life changes? Um, you know, who's called me crying that they miss me? Uh, you know, I, I kind of have to prioritize it that way. And I honestly, I don't love doing it, but there's only so much time, especially when I'm home visiting. So my last trip home, I saw my 20-year-old niece who was having issues with her very first boyfriend and my five-year-old niece who just started school and needed to tell me all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. And you talked about the different age groups that you have for nieces and nephews. So how does the communication and their needs differ based on their ages? So the communication with the younger ones is a lot of like FaceTime with their parents. But with regard to how I communicate with them as people, I kind of treat them all like tiny adults, even the little ones as much as is like age appropriate, but I never want to be another adult talking down to them or, you know, treating them like they don't know as much as I do. I mean, they don't, but like, I always found that really demeaning when I was a kid. So for the most part, I try to be like, treat them as equals. And it's obviously it's easier with the older kids, but like, that's my five-year-old niece's favorite thing about Aunt Teresa is that, you know, (laughs) what'd she say to my sister? Uh, You know, mom, Aunt Teresa is really, really nice to me. And she talks to me. And my sister's like, well, yeah, of course. And my niece goes, no, 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 not like you and grandma. You and grandma, like, you don't know. Aunt Teresa knows. (laughs) And it cracked me up because like, I understand what she's saying because we have very serious conversations about like, My Little Pony or whatever she's really into right now. It's really fun. But like, it's also for me too, because I am kind of lazy and I don't want to have to like adjust my communication style too much. Obviously, I cut down on the swear words when I'm talking to the little (laughs) ones, but... You're yeah. doing better than I am then. <laughs> <laughs> I I tell you what, like the first time when my, one of my nephews was about three, I dropped an F-bomb in front of him and he held out his pudgy little hand and goes, that'll be $20. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> that is a very steep rate for one F-bomb young man. <laughs> That's great. I love your point about treating them like tiny adults. That's really a neat way to look at it and to not just become like, okay, I'm another, you know, parental figure, but look at how you can really build that relationship and trust with them. So I really love that concept. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I always try to think about what I thought and how I felt and the way that people like grownups addressed me when I was their age. And I always felt like it was a little bit condescending. I didn't have the term for it at the time, but like, I never want to be the kind of adult who's telling them that like their feelings are invalid or um, they're wrong all the time. Cause I feel like it's just not a good feeling when anybody does that. So like, 
no, just they're little tiny humans that just need to learn some stuff, but that doesn't make them any less valuable. And then how do you provide a different perspective and show them other life paths? Well, I have intentionally not had my own children and I am not married. I travel a lot. I work. I like do all these things that a lot of them don't see women do. Um, Like, for example, my sister is a stay-at-home mom. She got married at 25, you know, got pregnant on the honeymoon. Like that's like, she did things the way that she thought she was supposed to do them. And I have always been the kind of person who tries to do the things that make me happy instead of what somebody else tells me I'm supposed to do. So I think that is really vital. I have other nieces who they're, Moms are fairly conservative and traditional, not just in gender roles, but in their views of the world. So with them, I try to point out that like people that don't look like you are just as important and have made just as many contributions to the world. And here's a book about them. My one niece I'm kind of turning her into a little baby feminist because, you know, she, when she was very young, used to be like, well, girls can't do this and girls can't do this. And I remember her being about four when I was like, why not? Who said so? And I started buying her books about women in STEM. They have a book that's like a children's version of Hidden Figures about um, the women from the movie and book Hidden Figures. So I sent her that and tried to cultivate in her the idea that like you can be literally anything that you want to be and it doesn't matter that you're a girl. And now eight years later, she's like on the robotics team at her school. And it's just like, it's so amazing. And I asked her mom when I started doing all these things and sending her all these books, like, is this okay with you? Cause it's, it's not your view of the world and you, you know, it's your kid. You are teaching her what you are teaching her intentionally. And her mom was like, no, do it. I don't know where she's getting these ideas, but I don't like it. And she's less likely to listen to me. So yes, do it. Fill her head with all of these things because I love it. So With each of them, I have tried to exemplify some part of myself that they may not see on the regular from their families or parents or whatever. So that's really great. I love that. And just the way you questioned her too, to help her kind of figure it out for herself too, like giving her the resources, but also giving her the space to explore that and then how cool it is to see her doing that robotics team. I mean, she, oh my God, she sent me a picture of her robotics team with her little robot. And I just, I cried so hard. (laughs) I didn't tell her that, Um, but it was just like, it was so amazing to know that like, well, that she listened. I like when people listen to me, but also that like, she might not be on that path if not for me. And I do love to 
kind of get kids to think about stuff in new ways and just ask them questions like, okay, well, you think this, why? Did you see it somewhere? Did somebody tell you? Well, how do you feel about it? Do you see other people doing it? So kids are like, they're a trip, man. The stuff that they internalize and the stuff that they think about stuff is wild to me. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, there's so many examples of like, okay, for one example, another niece of mine who just turned four, I was on the phone with her mom while they were in the car. We were talking about skincare and whatever. And (laughs) a little while after they got home, her mom started sending me pictures and videos. This little girl is in the bathroom with a washcloth doing her skincare. (laughs) (laughs) And her mom was like, my bathroom is flooded, but this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you know, it just, we were having the most innocuous conversation, but she decided that she needed to go home and do her nighttime skincare. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> so, cute. <laughs> so then on a little bit of the silly side, uh, have you found some fun ways that you can irritate your siblings through your interactions with your niece and nephew? Oh my God. So many, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. One of my nieces, I took, uh, I used to do like occasional like lunch dates and like afternoons where I would pick her up from school and we would like go get snacks or get coffee, coffee. She got lemonade. I got coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I took her once to get pink hair extensions. They were just like little bitty clip in hair extensions that were like two strands. Um, It was like a breast cancer awareness thing that they were doing at a local salon. And I took her home and she had these like this one stripe of pink down her side of her hair. And her mom was like, what did we do with Aunt Teresa today? (laughs) And I I was like, I I got them too. We got them together. It's fine. (laughs) Um, You know, and they only lasted like three days or something, but uh, just a little bit of irritation, noisy toys, of course. Yes. <laughs> um, I got my one of my little nieces for her birthday over the summer one of those like play makeup kits. I found one, she has all kinds of like skin allergies and stuff, but I found one that didn't have any of the things that irritate her skin and sent that to her for her birthday. And her mom called me and was like, what were you thinking? (laughs) I was thinking that it would be really fun for her to play makeup. And her mom was like, yes, she loves it. (laughs) I know it's all washable. It's fine. Like it's just a toy. Relax. Your job as the parent is to set the rules and it's my job to bend them. Yes. (laughs) And then let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your podcast called Shit That Scares Me. And I checked out a few episodes this weekend when I was on my walk. And it's, I think it's so much fun because you talk about like this, like scary horror kind of things like Annabelle. And then there's the real life stuff like um, going to college and the scary things about that. So do your nieces and nephews know you have a podcast? Do they have any thoughts around that? 
Uh, the older ones, I think most of them know. They don't really have any thoughts. It's not until I'm like, oh, hey, you and I had this conversation and it reminded me of this topic and I did it on the podcast. Occasionally, they'll go and listen to those episodes. Um, the one about going to college as an adult, because I'm I'm almost 40 and I started school a year ago. But it was after a conversation with one of my older nieces that I decided to do it. And she thought that was really cool that she inspired me to go to school, but also a podcast episode. I think that uh, one of my nephews is turning out to be uh, a little baby creep, kind of like me, where he's like, he's super into slasher flicks and like loves vintage horror. I think that he's starting to get a little more interested in some of the stuff that I talk about. So I think that he is going to be part of my target demographic. Um, but they they think it's cool because it's like a new media sort of thing. Uh, and they don't, you know, know any other podcasters. So they they think that I'm kind of like Joe Rogan and I don't have the heart to tell them that I <laughs> was not given a Spotify contract worth millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> um, but it's it's cool that they have that opinion of me, I think. Yeah. And so are you ever scared as an aunt? Will there be an episode <sighs> about that? <laughs> Probably, honestly. Because yeah, I, I'm scared as an aunt all the time. Like sometimes kids ask really difficult questions and I'm always worried that I'm not going to give them the right answer from a loving, accepting sort of perspective. But at the same time, like if they're asking me the sorts of questions that they don't feel comfortable asking their parents like, am I going to potentially jeopardize my relationship with them if their parents find out that I gave them advice that they didn't agree with? As an example, one of my older nieces, when she was 14 or 15, she came out to me as bisexual, which, okay, cool. All I want is for you to be happy. But she grew up in a very I don't want to say intolerant, but kind of intolerant household where like being gay, being got by being anything other than heterosexual and monogamous and getting married at 23 and immediately having as many kids as possible was not, it's not really an acceptable way to live your life. And so she, not only did she come out to me, but she asked me if I thought she was a bad person for it. And it destroyed me. I was devastated because she's one of the greatest kids that I have ever known. And even at 14, when kids are like difficult and, you know, teenagers can be awful. But um, for her to be so worried that I was going to think less of her for it or that there was something wrong with her was devastating. But I was also scared of like, how do I explain to you that what you've been taught might not actually be the truth? And like, you know, if you talk about this with your parents, are they going to let me see you? That was a like, that was one of the most terrifying moments I've had as an aunt so far. Mm -hmm. 
That is scary. And um, thank you for sharing, you know, how you handled that and being able to be there for her. So that's awesome. It it was, I think also kind of a turning point for me in my journey as an aunt. From there, I decided that when it comes to these kids, I will tell them what I believe and what I think and let them make their own just make up their own minds and figure out what they believe. But also unless they are in imminent danger, I do not under any circumstances tell their parents what we talk about. And if they are in some kind of danger, I will try to handle it myself before I go to their parents. Another example, I used to work for a dating app. And one of my nieces, when she was about 16, signed up on a similar dating app. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> now that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> that I think that if I didn't work in the industry, I would have been a lot more afraid. But, like, I tr- tried to be cool when she was telling me about it because I didn't want to freak out and, you know, scare her. But at the same time she's telling me about this and about the people that she's talking to. And in my head, I'm running through all of the contacts and people that I know at that dating app. And the first thing that I did after I dropped her off that day was go through all of my contacts at that app and was like, here's all of her information. You need to go and remove her account immediately. And I didn't tell her mother ever because that was a thing that I could take care of. Um, (laughs) I also didn't tell her until her 18th birthday when I was like, oh, hey, remember when uh, you signed up on all these apps? Yeah, I fixed that. And I, happy birthday. I just got you unbanned from all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's a great story. (laughs) (laughs) She'll kill me if she knows I told it because she was like, can't believe you did that. I'm like, <laughs> now, now she's a little bit older and she was like, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll share a link to your podcast in the show notes too. So people can check that out. And so let's move on to what are some of your favorite memories with your nieces and nephews? Oh my gosh. Well, the dating app thing (laughs) is one of my favorites because I was so proud of myself for being so sneaky and so sly instead of being like, you're out of your mind, delete your account. I was just (laughs) like, okay, we'll just, we'll be cool. And then my best friend's daughter, when she was about five, I was watching her and we were sitting at her kitchen counter and we were coloring together. And she was learning about family relationships in school. So we're coloring princess coloring books and she's trying to work it out with me verbally. Like, well, you're not mom's sister. And I was like, no, but you're not dad's sister. That is also correct. (laughs) Okay. But aunts are sisters. I was like, well, sometimes, but if you're not their sister, how are you my aunt? And I was taken aback a little bit, but I was like, you know what? Family means different things to different people. And 
Some people are connected to each other by blood and some people are connected to each other by love. And that is why I am your aunt. And I still give myself so many aunt points for that answer because she was totally satisfied. She's like, oh yeah, that makes total (laughs) sense. (laughs) And I went back to coloring her princess and I was like, yes. (laughs) Like I was saying, I try to talk to them like they're grownups and uh, rather than being like, well, you know, me and your mom are best friends and blah, blah, blah. No, just she understands that I love her and that's what matters. I also, uh, when my nephew uh, turned nine, I told him that we would go have lunch and then I would take him to get a birthday present at GameStop because he's a big video game kid. So we're in the store and we're wandering around and he decided that he wanted me to buy him Grand Theft Auto, which if you're not a video game person, it's like (laughs) full of drugs and sex and violence. It is not a game that is appropriate for nine-year-olds. And I knew this at the time because I had played it, but you know, it's not my job to tell you, no, I'm not your parent. So we go up to the checkout counter and the guy that's ringing us out looks at me like like he's about to call CPS immediately. (laughs) And he's like, uh, do you know what's in this? And I was like, yeah. He's like, "Uh, are you sure you want to buy it? And I'm like, well, I'm not his mother. So yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My sister hit the roof. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I included a gift receipt and I like told her, I understand. He thinks that he wants it. He's going to hate it, but I need to let him figure that out for himself. Like, that's my job. But that was really funny. The guy was like, you you are the worst parent in the history of parenting. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's why we're ants. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That's, I don't, I don't need to worry about that. That's for his his mother to deal with. (laughs) And what have you learned from your nieces and nephews? Oh, patience. Um, (laughs) I am not typically a very patient person, which is is a big part of the reason why I decided not to have my own kids, but they have taught me endless patience for them, not for other people, (laughs) just for them. But also like how to think about the world in different ways, because seeing life and seeing the world through all of their individual little eyes is really incredible. And they're all so good at so much stuff. And all different stuff. And they're a whole bunch of really cool, really brilliant and passionate little people that I get to hang out with that I wouldn't otherwise get to hang out with. So that has been really fun. That's great. And what do you think they've learned from you? Boy, uh, feminism. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But also like, you know, the choices that their parents made and their families, other parts of their families have made, aren't the only ways to live. They have options, I think, is the biggest thing that they learned from me is that they can do anything and be anything and 
also that there's always going to be somebody who will be there if they need help or just need to talk. I, I like that sort of security that there's a grown up that you trust that's going to be available to you anytime you need them. I think for me would have been transformative, but I think that that is a, that kind of security, I think, is uh, really a good thing that they've taken away from me. And what advice do you have for other ants? Don't be afraid to give your nieces and nephews parts of yourself. Like you're not their parent. You don't need to raise them in the way that their parents are or would, you know, be who you are and think what you think and that is a much more valuable thing to a kid than trying to mirror everything that your siblings or friends or whatever uh, are doing with their own kids. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that with us. This has been my so pleasure. Much- this, this is a thing that I like, you know, with as many nieces and nephews I have, it actually took me a really long time to learn a really long time. <laughs> yeah. That's such a, an amazing gift that you're giving them. And I think you definitely are feeling that gift back from them as well. Oh yeah. 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 I love those kids like to a stupid amount, <laughs> <laughs> not enough to have my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I, I loved all of your great advice and the stories and it really help me. I think the tiny adults is going to really stick with me for sure. And really thinking about that when I'm having those conversations with them and being able to relate to them more. So thank you for all of the great advice and stories. It was so much fun. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, um, you know, they're still going to get you though. Like (laughs) they still like my, uh, one of my nephews just turned 16 and he was having some trouble, with like driving and stuff. And uh, he's like, well, you know, what did you do when you started learning how to drive? And I didn't want to tell him that like, I crashed a van and failed my (laughs) road test. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I had to come up with something on the fly, but like, they still get me all the time. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Anecdotes. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episodes and also join us on our Facebook group to talk with other ants. You can join that group at facebook.com slash groups slash anecdotes. That's spelled A-U-N-T-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, email me at anecdotes at gmail.com.